I want you to tell the beard story. So oh. just, just for, for references sake, uh, Raphael mm-hmm. has this big, beautiful <laughs> beard. <laughs> so I want to hear about the beard story. Hello, and welcome to Walk Like a Hebrew, the podcast devoted to talking with people from all over who walk out their faith like that ultimate Hebrew, Yeshua the Messiah, also known as Jesus. I'm your host, Jody O'Dell, and this is episode four, an interview with Raphael and Vanessa Alcala of Southern California. This interview was done at Friendsgiving weekend in Northern California, and I recorded it on my cell phone, so there are some technical difficulties, but I pray you'll forgive them and sit back and enjoy the story of Raphael and Vanessa. Uh, my name is Vanessa Alcala. And this is Rafael Alcala. And um, we have been married for 12 years, and we have nine children. <laughs> we are a modern-day Torah-keeping Brady Bunch. Awesome. We are a awesome. blended family. I started with a running start of three. I had one, and together we have five. <laughs> awesome. And that's the Alcala Bunch. Excellent. So um, just tell me a little bit about your, your faith background. Um, well, I my family started in Worldwide when I was probably about five or six. But before that, we were Jehovah's Witness at some point. So I've never celebrated Christmas or done any of that. Um, this is all I've known even before we started at Worldwide. And then we stayed with United when the split happened. And then after that, we went independent and we've been to... I've gone to some Messianic congregations and had done home fellowship since then. I, on the other hand, <laughs> was your typical Mexican-American raised Catholic. As a matter of fact, I have a missionary Catholic priest uncle. Wow. Um, so I did <laughs> awesome. the Easter eggs, I did the Halloween costumes, and I definitely did the Christmas. I even did the Day of the Three Wise Men that they do in Mexico. Oh, wow. In January 6th. So my uh, my youth was doing what the world does. And that's all I knew. And I didn't know any better. Um, to me, it was normal. Just like anybody else who does what they do think it's normal when they're just doing what their parents have taught them to do. We married in 2007. At which point my wife, well, before we got married, my wife told me that, you know, her faith was the most important thing to her. That came first. And everything else was... A close second, if you, if you want to call it that, including our love and marriage and family. And I, I, I didn't know what to make of that. I was like, what do you mean? And we butted heads for a few years, and I loved her. I mean, I loved her then, I love her now. So I was willing to make that leap, trying to roll with the punches and deal with the struggles that would come along with it, as if there weren't enough being, you know, coming in. Family. Yeah, blended family, which is a whole other can of worms. So... It took a few years. I did partake in a lot of what she did. I did not make Sabbath a priority at first. I worked in retail. I was a manager at Costco. So Saturdays and Sundays were pretty much a must. I was fortunate to get one of the two weekend days off, but I always prioritized that to be Sunday because that's when I wanted to see football. <laughs> you know, a lot the has... other religion of the Yes. <laughs> a, lot, a lot has changed since. I think somewhere around 2012. So it took a good... Five years. I'm very thankful and 
Yahweh has blessed me with a great wife. She was patient and kind and understanding. And sometime around 2012, after some very, very deep, dark personal battles, you know, with me and with our relationship, I just kind of gave up, so to speak, just surrendered. Fell on your face before I did, I did. I fell on my face, and I think it's been a progression, slow, slowly but surely. It's a marathon, not a race, after all. Um, (laughs) Why are you looking at the microphone? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's been been amazing. Yeah, Um, so all that time, because... With my first marriage, he was in the this walk also. And so when we met, I kind of was like, I want something completely different. And so all that time, I was doing what I did with Isaiah. And, you know, as we had children together, I was saying it with them. And I just made it clear that I wasn't going to do Christmas or anything like that. And so that was hard. But we just, we did it. And like he said, if it was convenient and it was with his schedule, he would come along. Mm-hmm. So every, like every other feast, Sukkot, we had a baby. So he would come when he was on family leave, if he could, to Sukkot. So when that happened and he finally realized, okay, I can't, can't do much without Yahweh. From then on, huh? You've been still struggling though, still with Sukkot, if things were like, if you had a deal going, because he's also a realtor. Mom, why are you holding that? Because we're having an interview. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> but we've been doing it ever since. So we try to do it as best we can because we have a blended family. So we have the three from his um, relationship, the first relationship. So to have that, you know, we have to kind of instill that those traditions in them too. So when they come, we do it together. I've been keeping Sukkot since 2008, although I did not go in 2009. It's my favorite time of the year. Okay, so now that you are, you know, fully committed Torah keepers, per se, right? Have you had to rearrange your life in any way? Like your work, your family, your, you know, have you I have, have because I was still a manager at Costco until 2014. I had a part-time job at UPS because they have great benefits. For as many people as we have, that's important. Mm -hmm. It don't cost me anything. Um, When the opportunity came up in 2014, because I still had to work as a manager, I was able to, you know, get off like at noon on Saturdays, but I still wasn't fully in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to fellowship after, but I was still working Saturday mornings. The opportunity arose to become a driver at UPS, and I know that's a Monday through Friday job. So, it so was, we took a, a leap of faith and did that. He quit his manager job, and which was huge because yes. that was our primary income and went to being a part-time driver at UPS, which meant if they didn't have work for him, he would go back in the hub, which meant he would only be getting paid minimum wage. A family of 11 cannot survive a minimum wage. (laughs) Or a family of 10 back then. Well, it wasn't minimum. It was whatever I was making in the building at the time, which is nothing. Which is nothing. It's little, but it's only 17 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. So that was huge for us. That was a huge, okay... The first year. Um, we're going to, you know, depend on God to, you know, sustain us and to help us do this and that he'll bless us for taking this leap. And so he only got sent back once. Wow. And then, and ever since he's been driving. And it's been amazing. It's been a real blessing, him being home for Shabbat, even during the, 
the week just getting off at a decent time because there were times when the kids wouldn't see him with his two jobs. Yeah. I that, sleep when I leave, I sleep when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was For hard. years. Yeah. yeah. So that was huge. That was something huge that we had to change in our life. But um, it was definitely a blessing, and we're glad that we did that. Other than that, I think that once fully committed, I think God just kind of puts the cards where they need to be. Mm-hmm. He always does. And like every, at the beginning when I wasn't obviously fully committed, we had a baby during Sukkot. The first three were September babies. So I had six, eight weeks, 12 weeks off. So mm-hmm. there was no excuse. I went. Even though I wasn't fully committed, I went. And financially, without a doubt, every single Sukkot season, I'm either blessed with a real estate deal or with some other windfall that comes along. And it's I don't have to worry about money when Sukkot comes. Mm-hmm. And taking time off. It is. It's that. amazing. It, it is. That. Every <laughs> single year. I yeah. just love that. He makes a way when it seems like there is no way. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So I want you to tell the beard story. So oh. just, just <laughs> for, for reference's sake, uh, Raphael mm-hmm. has this big, beautiful <laughs> beard. <laughs> so I want to hear about the beard story with, with your work. Well, being that I work for UPS, it's been around since 1907. They have some very, very strict appearance guidelines of which you can't really have a mustache a beard a, a beard you well you can't have a beard and you can't have a, a and you can't have a mustache that extends past, past your bottom the, the bottom lip oh, so <laughs> it's kind of like you got to look like a like a CHP officer or a police officer <laughs> 1970s yes 1970s action <laughs> film star <laughs> i got to look like Chuck Norris or Charles Bronson <laughs> So I had a beard when I first decided to become a driver. And, you know, when I went to the HR guy and he saw me, he took the paperwork, set me up for the, the week of training to see if I was going to hack it or not. He said, you got to remove this beard. You can't have that. And I had just really fully committed to, to taking this leap to work Monday through Friday as a driver. And I was like, well, wow, that's, this is a, kind of, this is biblical. I just said, this is biblical. Because most people don't understand or, or care. And he said, oh, he's just kind of, you know, like, whatever, get rid of it. So I did, and I had the world's ugliest mustache for, <laughs> my for a year. It is, yeah, it's horrible. Was it a year? It was, uh, it wow. was more than a year. It was, yeah. So that was in uh, August of 2014. I took off my beard. Uh, I was a cover driver, which is not permanent, for one year. Then I went full-time, so it's permanent. I didn't want to ruffle any feathers because during the week of class, my previous manager said, how do you like it? I love it. I'm doing really good at managing the package car and doing everything I need to do. I'm, I love it. It's fantastic. I said, but I'm bummed that I had to get rid of my beard. She said, why? Well, well, this was important to me. You know, it's biblical. And she's like, she kind of paused for a second. And she said, you can keep it. I was like, what do you mean? She's all, I know some Muslim man in Ontario who wears a turban. If he can wear his turban, then you can keep your beard. You can get a religious accommodation waiver. And I don't think people really... It was important enough for anybody ever to ruffle any feathers at UPS because, you know, it's a, it's a great job and great benefits, great pension. So I, it was a seed that was planted in me and I told my wife about it, but I was, at the time I was going to be a cover driver. So I didn't want the management to have any type of excuse to either disqualify me or, you know, send me back to the building working part time or anything. So I just went with it for a year and I passed my probationary period, drove as a cover driver for about a year. Then when I went full-time utility driver, I told the guy who trained me the first time, I said, you know, when I pass, I'm going to grow my beard back out, right? I'm going to get a religious accommodation waiver. Are you going to hold that against me? He said, absolutely. 
<laughs> without hesitating. I said, okay, well, as long as we're straight, no problem. And that was around September of 2015. And I still drove September, October, November, December to get through the peak season. I didn't want to, you know, have any issues. But my wife was pregnant with Emily, our baby. So February 3rd, she was born. She came early. I think literally within three days, I was on the computer looking it up because you had to go through a search engine and find it because it was... You have to show proof yeah. of why. Mm-hmm. So I filled out yes. the application. I, you know, put the excerpt in from Leviticus, sent it to him. He, the guy who told me to cut my beard off two years previously called me the next day. He's like, so I received this. What's, well, what's, what's the deal? Um, why do you wait till now? And I told him, I said, well, you told me to cut it first day you saw me and it was important to me. So now that I'm full-time permanent utility driver, I did it. I didn't want anybody to retaliate against me. He kind of paused. He's like, okay, well, if I need anything, I'll let you know. And it was approved pretty quickly. Yeah, it was. Wow. And it turns out that, and well, I was on family leave for, was it 12 weeks with her? 10 weeks? Yeah. I don't so know, my right? baby was born. I had ugly mustache. I came back. <laughs> she's born February Hold 3rd. On. I came back in April. Pretty good size beard. I walked in with a full beard. And you know, the funny thing is, is that I caught more slack from other drivers than anybody in management yeah. because, you know, once you're in that position and you're on UPS side, yeah. you can't really say anything because then you're putting yourself in, you know, at a liability for oh, discrimination. Right. Now, especially nowadays. Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yes. So I caught a lot of heat from drivers. You're not driving. They're not going to let you drive. They're going to make you shave that. So, yeah. so much. So much so that, like, other people from, like, other buildings... We're catching word. We're new of this bearded UPS man. Like, yeah. who is this man? Uh, yes. So that's my hashtag from my bearded UPS bearded man. Bearded UPS man. No. I have, I have discovered since being in this walk that we don't even have to say anything. Just by the fact of doing the mm-hmm. commandments. Yeah. Causes all kinds of yeah, feathers ruffled. craziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure People, does. When we stopped eating pork, we had family members that just hit the ceiling and it's fam- still causing yeah. trouble. His family had later. a really hard time with it. What do you mean you don't eat carnitas, son? Yes. <laughs> had a really hard time with with oh. the whole no Christmas thing and mm. they took it out on me. Even oh. though I always told him he could go with his family and spend time with his family, I wasn't going to take that away from him. Don't expect me to do it on those days. I'm not doing Christmas presents. I'm not doing all that. And um, his his sister had a really hard time with it. And it's like, why? Why why does it matter? People don't eat bread. People don't eat gluten. People don't eat this. They don't, you know, it's... But she held it against yeah. me. It's funny because if I said I'm not going to eat pork because I want to just be a vegetarian now, they would have been completely yeah, okay, okay with it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. If you bring God into the picture and it's like, <laughs> yeah. what? They want to like throw punches. A, defensive mm-hmm. thing that they see it because there's something in them that's saying okay maybe there's something to this and they probably take it personal it's like well yeah, what, what what kind of a problem do you have with the way i raised you son yes. what's wrong with being yes. a catholic mijo yeah you know? mm-hmm. there's that. <laughs> okay so now thank you we're going to change tack just real quick um i would like for you just off the top of your head give me your three top favorite go-to resources for what well, like, you know, some people say, like, 119 Ministries or, you know, like, for, for teaching, for books to read, for music to listen to, you know, whatever. I, well, I go to the Bible first. Yeah. Perfect. Um, <laughs> I used to go to TorahPortions.org. Okay. I Googled that because uh, an old friend Zion. of mine, yes, mm-hmm. told me that. And it was really nice and structured. 
and he kind of introduced me to Bill Cloud, which I got into for a little bit, and I haven't really done much with those I would consider my top three. And also my wife, who's oh, extremely welcome, knowledgeable. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's what we're for. We're a repository three. of knowledge to tell. Exactly. <laughs> to tell everybody what's up. Yeah. Um, for me, it would be the Bible, and that's probably all. I mean, I read some books, but I, I don't. Sorry. No, no, no apology. Never apologize for the Bible. Ever, ever. Well, thank you. I yeah. really appreciate this, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Walk Like a Hebrew. And many thanks to Jack Lane for his musical stylings for the podcast. You can find Jack's CD at jackmlane.com. This podcast is completely listener supported. So if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please consider making a one-time or recurring donation by visiting sheholdsforth.com and clicking on the donate button. That's S-H-E-H-O-L-D-S-F-O-R-T-H.com. Also, share the podcast far and wide. May Yahuwah bless you. We'll catch you next time.